Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, the podcast that takes our favorite properties and reboots them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they them, and welcome to primetime, followers. It's time to go to space! Space. Space! The final frontier, if your name is Jason. <laughs> Y'all know Jason X? Y'all know and love Jason X. Yep. <laughs> Lindsay, you told me a fun fact about Jason X the other day. Um, yeah. Uh, in one of those Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. So, my dad is friends with a person whose brother was the lone black dude <laughs> in Jason X. The, the, the fu- uh, hang on, hang on. Something is just clicking with me. I think I actually know that guy. Per- not personally, but I know of him. <laughs> Uh, Brodsky was played by Peter Mensa. Oh yeah, this Peter Mensa's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, Tears of the Sun, Hidalgo, Three Hundred, Spartacus: Blood and Sand, Spartacus: God of the Gods of the Arena, and Spartacus: Vengeance. I recognize him from Agents of Shield. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> And apparently he was in Sleepy Hollow, but he was the hidden one, so I think he was under, like, a lot of prosthetic makeup. Yeah. But yeah, I remember I watched the, um, I watched the kill count on Jason X, and I recognized him from something, and then just now you're like, yeah, uh, my dad's friends with the sibling of the person who rode Jason's corpse through the atmosphere. <laughs> Yes, people, that happened! <laughs> now, neither of them survived this, which is a shame, because it's awesome. <laughs> it's sort of like that one dude from uh, Doctor Strangelove who drops out of the bomber on the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not, make, I'm not rebooting Jason X. Um, I don't think legally anyone can make any Jason movies if they're not a fan film. Because of some hot bullshit. Okay. It's like a it's like a rights battle between like the screenwriter and the film studio, and I think also producers involved too. But yeah, basically no Friday the 13th anything can be made until that's sorted out. Okay. And if you if you understand the situation better, please let me know, because I know I like only have the bare bones knowledge. Um, but we're not gonna get into it because we're not doing Friday the 13th. We're gonna talk about Jason's friend. Jason's cred friend, Fred- Frederick Kruger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Freddy. <laughs> yeah, so the night- uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street is a famous uh, supernatural slasher horror media franchise made by Wes Craven of Scream fame. Actually, I think Wes Craven of Scream fame is technically Wes Craven of Nightmare on Elm Street fame. Point is, it's a big deal. Uh, on yeah. account of the fact that the main villain is Freddy Krueger- who is like a dream demon from the spirit of a former child serial killer who was then burned alive uh, in righteous fury by the families, but then he returned as like a dream spirit to wreak havoc upon the Elm Street of t- town. I don't know what the town is named, but there I know there's a line in one film that says, every town has an Elm Street, which means that Freddy can basically go wherever the hell he wants. As long as there's teens who know he exists and are having bad dreams. Mm -hmm. And he's uh, iconically played by Robert Englund, who has like officially retired as Freddy. He no longer is playing Freddy. There was a new person playing Freddy in the new one. Although he has like done the voice still, I believe, for stuff. Like he's shown up in 
Robert Anglin has portrayed him in Mortal Kombat, if I remember correctly. Okay. It doesn't say so on this thing. Hang on. Freddy Krueger, let me check your personal Wikipedia page. Yeah, Robert Anglin replies his role for Freddy in Mortal Kombat 2011. Okay. Oh, and actually, no, the most recent time <laughs> Anglund reprises his role as Freddy Krueger was well, in an episode of the television series The Goldbergs, titled Mr. Knifey Hands. Oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, he was also voiced by Seth Green in Robot Chicken. I mean, the, like, Robert Anglin is iconic, but I think you're actually... It's pretty not that hard to do a Freddy voice if you're trying. Yeah. Look at me, I'm Freddy Krueger. Ha ha ha. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get you in your dreams. I got knives for hands. <laughs> so the other uh, thing about Nightmare on Elm Street is that so far there have been exactly nine films. Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Nightmare on Elm... Oh, sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, that's the gay one. Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors! Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. Uh, the sixth one is Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, which uh, sounds like a drug trip. Yeah. Um, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which is the one where it takes place in the real world, and Freddy is a real demon who Wes Craven trapped inside the Nightmare on Elm Street screenplays, but then he, be he escaped after they couldn't make another Nightmare on Elm Street movie, and he terrorizes the actress from the first one. Oh, yeah, that's the one where Freddy's basically a tulpa. Yeah. Uh, then there is Freddy vs. Jason, which is where Freddy vs. Jason. Yep. Uh, and then there was the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street from 2010, which nobody liked. Uh, produced by Michael Bay, I found out just this very second, and you know what? That explains a lot. Yeah. And also Freddy vs. Jason, I think, that was coming out around the same time that you had, like, Alien vs. Predator, so, yeah. Freddy vs. Jason was 2003. Um... Alien vs. Predator, the film, was 2004. Yep. <laughs> August 2004, so I think not even a year. Oh no, ex almost exactly a year. <laughs> and you know, okay, well like, Alien vs. Predator, there were comics before there was the movie, and again, it was a rights issue trying to make the movie, but I think Freddy vs. Jason was inspired by the Alien vs. Predator comics, and they just managed to make it slightly before the Alien vs. Predator movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, nine films. So the next would be the tenth film. What's the Roman numeral for ten? X. Jason X, which is also the t the tenth Jason film, the tenth Nightmare, uh, not the tenth Friday the Thirteenth film, um, but also X because X is the most space letter. It's the coolest le letter. X is the c extreme cool letters. Uh, <laughs> our, our Zoomer audience does not appreciate what it was like back in like the nineties and two thousands of the whole. Gotta make everything cool. Anyways, I'm sending Freddy to space. Space. So here's here's my th first. I have to figure out how to get Freddy to space. Mm -hmm. Do you have any ideas? Well, if we go with new nightmare logic, he's a tulpa. He's a thought form, energy ghost. You have to think about him, and he becomes real. Yeah. So, so somebody like not... has to know about him. This is going to be very broad strokes, but it's not going to accept New Nightmare as real. It's going to take place within the Freddyverse, not Freddy as a fictional being. That that much I can say. Hmm. And 
I don't want him, my only thing for reasons later is that I don't want him to get to space via a computer. Okay, not through, well, he still travels through dreams. Yeah, like he's, he's very much, he's got big Babadook vibes. Yeah, like even if we don't take New Nightmare as like part of the main canon, like the, we can still kind of morph him into a thought form energy ghost sort of idea that has gone way out of control. Yeah, well, let's pair this with another thing that we have examined. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. See, okay, so I just got an idea, but the idea is almost too good to just be a prologue piece. But I was thinking... <laughs> so, like, th th yeah, like, Freddy's very much a thought-form energy being who, like, his power is based on how much you're scared of him and whether people know he's around. Like, kids don't start dying until they find out about Freddy Krueger in-universe. Yeah. So my, I was thinking, what if like someone wrote a true crime novel about Freddy after he was gone for a long, long time, and that brings him back? And like just in the prologue, we have people like burning the novel, like the the members of the town burning the novel and trying to get rid of it, and trying to get rid of every copy so that Freddy can't come back like a, a tenth time. Yeah. This point, it's like the nineteenth time for them because it keeps happening. Yeah, like it, it. It makes sense at the very least for this prologue, and I'm, I of course, I'm borrowing from the Jason X prologue, which is like Jason comes back, like for the umpteenth time, chases a a scantily clad woman, but then the scantily clad woman is like an FBI agent who's just the bait, and then that's how they cryogenically freeze Jason so that he can like be studied and they can figure out how he keeps coming back to life. Okay. Or actually, you know what? What what if we just use that entirely? What if it's, like, the last teen from the latest Freddy situation who they cryogenically freeze themselves because now they're the last person who knows about Freddy, mm -hmm. and they're thinking, like, oh, now, like, no one will ever find out about him and because, like, cryogenics doesn't work something-something. Yeah. And then we fast-forward to the future, where uh, this teen... Through whatever bureaucratic bullshit, this teen, the cryogenically frozen teen, is shuffled onto a generation shift that is currently flying to a, a new colony world, and the ship is called the Elm Street. Oh uh, no! <laughs> Actually, no. Hang on. Cryogenically freezing the teen—that's—that's that's a bit ridiculous, even for me. So this is yeah. listen. This is the pitch meeting. We're workshopping it. Yes. Let's let's say the ship is called the Elm Street because like. Whoever made it grew, like, their grandpa grew up on Elm Street, and they had, like, such great tales from Elm Street <laughs> that they wanted to honor them. And But it is a generation ship. It's heading to a new world. And the thing about this ship is that it doesn't have enough, like, it, it, it's the future. We can do a lot of stuff. But we'll say, well, it doesn't, it can't recycle its resources fast enough to supply the entire populace of the ship. So yeah. what it does is as it rotates them. It's, like, th every year of like observed time for that person mm -hmm. they like are active and about and about on the ship where the and this is for like two-thirds of the populace and the other two-thirds are in like the virtual space the virtual reality cryogenic yeah. frozen matrix because they're, they're in suspended animation they can't be active because it would use up too much resources but they also can't let their brain be completely shut off because that they like studies show that like the brain atrophates or whatever. I don't know in yeah. real life, but in in sci-fi world, 
if if the brain is stuck in suspended animation with no uh, uh, stimulus for too long, yeah. it atrophies. So they yeah. put the that the bodies are in suspended animation, but the brain goes to the virtual world where they mm-hmm. do that for two years, and then their turn comes up, and they just like two years in the free space, one year in the real world, and everyone just kind of cycles through it until yeah. they get to their destination. And so, like the the new team is like. It's their last week of being out before they have to plug themselves back into the virtual space. And so it's a whole bunch of teens. There's a whole bunch of teens here, and they're all celebrating having fun. They have, like, the entirety of human knowledge to entertain themselves with, and so they're just going hog wild. And one girl, because it's always a girl, she has been, like, investigating the history of the ship because she's, like, the weird bookworm. And everyone's like, you should come party with us because it's spring break in space before we go back into the virtual reality. And she's like, (laughs) but I'm trying to look up the history of the ship. I find it really fascinating. And, you know, like, why is it called Elm Street? And, you know, somehow through her investigations, she is able to dig up evidence of Freddy. And she's like, whoa, this is really freaky. And she goes to sleep that night and she has a nightmare about Freddy. And she like wakes up just in time. like, oh, whoa, that was wild. I didn't th- I must have been studying too hard. My friends were right. Maybe I should relax. Um, and then it turns out she didn't wake up. Freddy is here and he's in the dream. And he's like, I'm Freddy. He'll be a lot more wittier than that. Because that's the thing is Freddy is like a starky before he yeah. scares you to death. Yeah, he's actually chatty, whereas, like, the other guys, uh, Jason Voorhees and Michael... They don't say anything. Yeah. So, our first girl... We'll do it like we'll do it like a scream, where this, this is the biggest name. This is the hottest... Te- this is Olivia Rodrigo. Okay. <laughs> and now she's... De- oh, God, we... Freddy killed Olivia Rodrigo! No! <laughs> She said she didn't want to do too much acting, but not like this. <laughs> so yeah, everyone wakes up and they find her dead through some kind of weird... I, I don't know, maybe her head was crushed by books. Because <laughs> all like all the deaths in real life, they like kind of mirror stuff that happens to them in the dreams. Yeah. But yeah, so they wake up, they find her. She probably has a boyfriend who's like, No! Olivia! <laughs> character name no i loved you so much just getting all that bad acting <laughs> he is freddy krueger i don't believe it oh, what's that one line um oh no they're eating her and then they're gonna eat me oh my oh god, my god. <laughs> <laughs> so now like we'll get like but between before and after this, we'll get a better look at our teen characters who are like, they'll fill all the, the sto- tropes, but like they're space versions of them. Yeah. So it's like, nice teen boy. He's studying to be a space pilot. Um, the bad girl, she, she, she's a hacker. <laughs> sure. You know, like in the future. Yeah. Uh, the stoner who gets high on cyber weed. <laughs> something, something really synthetic. Cyber weed. There, t- there have to be two cyber stoners. <laughs> we take the e weed and plug it directly into our brains. <laughs> the nerd who's always trying to find alien life and maybe fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and also the the weird girl who, because it's the future, we can just straight up say, "Oh yeah, she's like a low level telepath." It's not. It's nothing. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> because here here's the thing. Dream powers exist in the Freddy, and I keep calling it the Freddy movies. It's the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. The third one is called Dream Warriors because everyone has dream powers. Like the girl whose dream power is knives, and the boy whose dream power is being a wizard. Cool. Because <laughs> he plays a lot in D&D. &D. It's like, in, in, in the real world, I use a wheelchair, but in my dreams, I can walk. And cast spells! <laughs> okay. But yeah, like, sci-fi there's always got to be someone with telepathy or something they're a protopsycher or a new type if we want to get old gundam in here i've always liked the term esper okay we'll just be like oh yeah she's a low level esper <laughs> this is just a thing yeah and we can also that because of that she can like kind of hear freddy when he's like when people are awake and like he can't interact with her maybe maybe he can like talk to her but he can't really do anything more than that because she's not dreaming yeah but because of that she can like hear him because now his spirit is back and he's looking around like oh wow i've been out for a long time huh lots of new advancements oh what's this and like he'll like she'll hear him talk like while the other people are just talking about normal stuff she'll hear him and she'll realize that freddy's what Freddy's goal will be, obviously murder a bunch of people, but if he could somehow get stay in someone's mind before, like, stay in someone's subconscious when they plug themselves back into the virtual world, then he can exist in all of these people's dreams at once. Being in the virtual reality is just like dreaming. And he'd all of a sudden have, like, a thousand people to torture. Yeah. And exist in their dreams, and like, I wouldn't even have to kill them. I could just have them in, be in agony for all eternity. And I could turn this elm, and this ship, this elm street, could be hell and space forever. So, oh, what was that one? Event Horizon? Event Horizon, yeah. Fred, yeah oh Freddy my was. god, he's gonna create the fucking warp storm that is the start of the Warhammer universe. Basically, Freddy wants to do an Event Horizon, where, like, in instead of the ship, like, just everyone rotating and reaching their place, the ship would just exist in space indefinitely, with everyone plugged into the Matrix, constantly dreaming, constantly being killed over and over again by Freddy, but, like, he wouldn't, he'd, like, just barely kill them, and when they're strong enough, you just do it again. Cycle through everyone. No one is safe. Yeah. It'd be a ship of madness, and I'm the captain. And he'd show up, and he'd be wearing a Starfleet uniform, but it's still got the red and green stripes. Yep. And uh, for the kids not in the know, in the audience, uh, Event Horizon has been adopted by the Warhammer fandom as, like, the... The unofficial prequel to 40k? Yeah, 40k, Yeah. <laughs> This is how we got the Eye of Madness. Yeah, hey, where we're going, we don't need eyes. <laughs> you don't want to know where the eyes are. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, it's a fun fact about me, I'm not great with a lot of horror movies, and I'd rather hear people talk about them or like watch reviews of them and analysis of them than watch the movie in full. 
but I yeah. can't with Event Horizon. Even even me trying to be like, hoo hoo, I wonder what this scene would be look like. Like I'll watch like, I wonder what this kill from Nightmare on Elm Street looked like, and I'll watch it like, oh, that was gnarly. I'm glad I didn't watch the whole movie. <laughs> but with Event Horizon, I have not seen any footage. I have not even listened to any footage. I do not want to be exposed to it. That's fair. Again, it was adopted by the Warhammer 40k audience, so. <laughs> This is how we get Slanesh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so basically, she will tell the kids, and some of them will believe her, and some of them won't. And of course, the ones that don't are going to be the ones who die earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also going to be an adult. They're older. They remember Elm Street. They, yeah. they, they were never part of the massacre, but like we could say what maybe their older sibling was. And yeah. like after everything went down... Their parent was like, you now you have to forget everything. You can't ever think about him because if you do, he'll come back and he'll, and he'll kill everyone and it's your fault. Great. And so this person who never like actively thought of Freddy, but was they will recognize the signs as soon as they start showing up like, oh, these kids are thinking about Freddy. There's only one way to stop him. I have to kill all these children first. Uh-oh. So yeah, there are going to be a few death words just like, oh, the normal grown-up who's supposed to be protecting these kids is going after them. Maybe maybe just one, and then yeah. the rest is, like, everyone trying to, like, flee from this grown-up. And, you know, maybe it'd even be, like, tragic thing of, like, the grown-up kills someone who wasn't even part of this friend group and doesn't know about Freddy. Yeah. Um, but now everyone, it's, like, it's kind of like a mind virus where they have to quarantine themselves by not speaking about it while still finding a way, like, hunting through the archives to find a way to stop him. Um, and I'll, they'll basically figure out, oh, if we defeat him in the dreams, then we defeat him in real life. Like, like if we die in the dreams, we die for real, but the same is for him. And since he doesn't have a body to wake up to, he's just gone. Yeah. And then then they, they just go have to go through all the stuff and, and not die and get Freddy in the dreams. Um, and eventually it'll get to the part where it's like, you can't kill me in your dreams. I'm already dead. Ha ha ha. Um, and someone will realize, wait a second, Freddy wanted to get plugged into the virtual reality, but he'd stay there, and as long as he was in there, then he'd never be able to get out. So instead of killing him, someone makes a sacrifice where they plug themselves into the Matrix, but it's like a, a separate copy, where it's it's not the one connected to everyone else, it's just them alone. Yeah. The, and then it'll be like, ah, oh, you idiot, you gave me exactly what I wanted. Now I'm here and you're all stuck with me. And then the person will be like, uh-uh, Freddy, you didn't look hard enough. You're stuck in here with me. <laughs> um, and then he'll, like, look around and realize that it's, like, instead of having this whole virtual world to cause havoc in, it's just the one room. He's like, wait, no, where's where's all the people? Where's all the torture? He's like, uh, sorry, this, this is just, uh... Just you and me. Just you and me. We're, we're stuck on a thumb drive, baby. <laughs> um, and then, I know, I guess... We could either, we could delete Freddy, and, like, it's sad because we have to delete that person, too, and they're just an empty shell, but, like, they knew it was going to happen that way anyways, and all we can do is be happy that no one else is going to die from Freddy. Or, like, we could have them, like, stay alive, but, like, constantly battling Freddy, and it would make sense if this was the Esper girl, because then it's like, I'm strong, I'm strong enough to hold you off in here, and now we're stuck in a battle forever. Maybe they're on an emergency escape pod and get shot at. Oh, that would make a lot of sense as to why it's like a copy split off from everyone else. Mm-hmm. And, and then, 
And then it'd be like, oh, it's so tragic because she'll be lost in space forever. Probably going to get like pulled into a sun's orbit and fall in and be incinerated. But so will Freddy. And I guess that's all we can do. Um, and then like the stinger is the escape pod being picked up by like another ship. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can't win with this dude. Or or the escape pod is found, like, it could even be found by aliens. Yeah, or it lands on an alien planet that hasn't gone spaceflight yet. Yeah. Or, or, it, speaking of event horizons, it skips through a black hole and ends up in the past. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Freddy 1812. <laughs> gonna fuck with napoleon <laughs> moscow ain't the only thing that you have to worry about so that that's what happens the nightmare is napoleon freezing to death in moscow and then like everyone finds him frozen to death in real life <laughs> <laughs> um so speaking of, like yeah see that's that's the thing with slashers is that the plot is pretty simple the meat and yep. potatoes is everybody getting murdered <laughs> yes so we got to figure out some space murders yeah so and remember, like it's so it's space, but it's also dreams. So we can get real weird. Mm-hmm. Like we don't want to go to Event Horizon. So no. So like I think each one can be like almost a different flavor of sci-fi. So one I was thinking of like the nerd who always wants to find aliens. Maybe yeah. he like his dream. Like he he finds the green-skinned alien space babe with three tits. Exactly. <laughs> and so so he's making out with her. And then he, he looks down, and the middle tit, it turned into Freddy's head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Freddy's gotta, like, burst out of someone like a fucking chest burster. Yeah, I think, so I think that that's, <laughs> that, that's this one. So, like, part one, he looked down, down it's Freddy's head, like, ah! And he looks up, and then the woman's, like, she unfolds her head, and it's all teeth. Yep. <laughs> Oh, and then, of course, the the, the line Freddy says, What? I thought you wanted an excellent head! (laughs) Jesus Christ. Someone's gotta gotta be cut up by lasers. Oh, that'd be a good one. Okay, but first let me let me finish the nerd, the horny nerd's dream. Yes, okay. He, he runs away from her as she chases him, and she's like doing like full J horror now, crawling on the walls and all that shit. Yeah. Uh, he finally wakes up, and he's like in the arms of whatever love interest he has, and like, oh, don't worry, you're safe now. You're awake. And then he like has the chest bit, like, oh no, what's going? On? <sighs> and then Freddy bursts out of his, his chest. <laughs> Yep. And it's it's like the xenomorph, but it's got the Freddy hat. <laughs> it's a boy. <laughs> and then of course in real life they see the kid like freaking out in his dream and then his chest just fucking explodes. <laughs> Blood all over the place. Or should I say corn syrup? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all this chunky salsa. <laughs> um okay, you suggested cut up by lasers. Yeah. I don't know how someone just, like, I don't know, gets into an area where they get chased by Freddy into an area where there's lasers and just... Oh, he's... You know what, like, they're running away from the lasers, like, in the Resident Evil? Oh, yeah. And they're able to get away from it? Because it always has to be, like, the one, like, oh, I did it. And then Freddy shows up. Yeah. But then Freddy has laser claws. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) 
Modern solutions to modern problems. <laughs> um, we also have to have some where like, you don't know it's a dream in the first place. Like One of the most famous kills, uh, I mean, as far as I can tell, but I think partly because of the line as well, mm-hmm. is in the third one where one of the girls is her strategy. She's already encountered Freddy and her strategy for staying awake is like burning herself with cigarettes. Yeah. And so you see her like watching TV, burning, like, like doing the, like the, the thing. And then you see her just nod off real quick, like, ah, and that's it. Yeah. And so like to the point where like, if you don't know what's coming, you wouldn't notice. And yeah. she's watching TV and it's like, it's, if I remember correctly, it is an interview between, um, hang on, let me, it's an interview between, like, a famous actress from the 80s and, I think, Johnny Carson. Okay. Um, oh, no, it's an interview between Dick Cavett and Zsa Zsa Gabor, because they're credited as themselves. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so, like, she's, she's watching the television station, like, just as she was normally, and it's going on like normal, and uh, Dick says, can I ask you a question? And Zsa Zsa goes, oh, what's that? And then it cuts back, and all of a sudden it's very, like, why are you such a, like, why do you suck so much? And then this, the screen goes to static, and the girl watches, like, what the hell? And she, like, walks up to TV to see what's going on, and then, like, gnarly twisted metal in the form of Freddy's claws reaches out from the side and grabs her and Freddy's head oozes out of the top of the TV with the bunnier antenna coming out of his hat (laughs) and he holds her up while she screams the girl is screaming he goes oh what do you know it's your big break welcome to prime time bitch and then he shoves her head in the TV and she gets electrocuted to death oh wow See, I also can't do horror, so... Oh, sorry. <laughs> do you need yeah. me to stop at any point? No, I, I am okay, because this is, like, my way of consuming horror is either people talking... It's, yeah, people talking about it. Secondhand horror for the win. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, so we need some stuff like that where it's, like, it seems really mundane. And plus, the fact that it's in space means, like, you don't necessarily know where the sci-fi ends and the dream begins. Yes. So... We got to have one where, like, obviously one of the things they decide to do is stay awake. Yeah. And so, like, oh, we got we to gotta switch from e-weed to e-speed. <laughs> that would be the stoners. Yeah, that's how they go. They um, Maybe they just one goes of... at first. Yeah. What, one goes because he doesn't believe, and that makes the other one believe, but then the other one is a late addition to the kill count. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, the thing with space speed is that it can also give you like hallucinations or something yeah so that's what it is it's a it's a space odyssey drug trip yes we can and we could even we could even have like one of those show up early on where like you don't know you think it's a freddy situation but it is just the drug trip yeah and then yeah there's an oh oh, there there could even be a joke where like freddy is trying (laughs) like after the drug trip like, everyone thought this guy was being attacked by Freddy, but no, it was just some bad e-weed. Yeah. And then the psychic girl overhears Freddy's like, oh man, that stuff was too wild, even for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually, we, we get to another drug trip, but this one is one where Freddy's there. But again, like, it'll be late enough in the game that we don't know if this is even real, real Dream Freddy or Dream Dream Freddy. Yes. <laughs> And it would be like, it would go CGI and like 2D animated and the guy would like look at his own hand and they would like dissolve into its base components and he'd see like the baby. 
<laughs> Tanner, it's the weed episode of Samurai Shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> Another idea I just had is like, okay, so various forms of entertainment for the people who are uh, unfrozen for their year. There's holodecks. Yes! <laughs> so we could come up with multiple... We could do a whole like recreation of like OG Nightmare on Elm Street situation. That might almost be borrowing too much from Jason X. Yeah. Oh, mind you, no, okay. because the, the, we, we, we've changed enough so that the only thing being bored is the fact that it's in space. So actually, yeah, that would be a cute thing. Yeah. But it, could, it would... The only thing I would say is that it can't be the the in near in the final act because yeah. in Jason X they they do stick Jason on a hollow deck of Chris Camp Crystal Lake, yeah, to and distract him with a bunch of simulated girls who are like, who wants to get drunk and have premarital sex? Real quote. <laughs> um, and but they use that to distract Jason so that they can like uh, get get him out the airlock and all that stuff. So yeah. the Elm Street hollow deck has to be earlier on. Like maybe they track it down because they're trying to like put together. The first girl's research. Yeah. Putting stuff together and then Freddy's like, surprise, bitches. <laughs> he has to he has to burst out of like a door or a rear view mirror or something like that. Because that yeah. was the big twist for like the first two. The first one, it ends with is her name Nancy? Yeah. I think Na it's Nancy. Nancy Thompson is the first final girl. Yeah. And like it ends. With, like, her waving goodbye to her mom. And then she sees Freddy in the rearview mirror of her boyfriend's car. Because this was all a dream. And then she looks back and Freddy's claw bursts out of the, like, the door of her house. And drags her mom back through. Except at this point her mom is replaced with a mannequin, obviously. Yeah. Um, and in the second one, if I remember correctly... Let me, let me check what happened in the second one. Because the second one was the weird one. Where Freddy, like, Freddy is trying to possess a kid. But it's also a metaphor for homosexuality. <laughs> Which is, we gotta have some gays in this. Like, I yes. know it's weird, but, like, putting queer people in horror on account of you don't want to see, like, a bunch of queer people get massacred. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, because even, even if it's not bearing your gaze, even if they're not dying because they're queer, it still just feels kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. But also, I don't want, to like, one gay person to be there and be like, well, they're gonna live because they're gay. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, so at the end of the second one, Jesse is panicking because he notices similarities to his original nightmares. After Lisa calms him down, uh, Carrie says that everything is over before Freddy's clawed arm bursts through her chest. Freddy laughs from the seat as he drives the bus into a field, just as in Jesse's first nightmare. Yeah. So yeah, so the holodeck one, it has to have the claw like bursting through like a window or something to get at the person. Yeah. And of course, they, they think it's all a simulation. So, like, they'd like, oh, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. And they do, and then they look and they see, like, whoever got got, they have, like, the claw marks through, like, their whole upper body. Yeah. And they're dead, also. Important to note. Yeah. Should be noted, dead. A good fake-out dream could be, okay, so we establish that the adult who's trying to hunt down the kids, he starts by getting one of them. Mm -hmm. Maybe the, his, his kill is one of the stoners. Yeah. Freddy wasn't able to get to the first stoner. So he kills the stoner, and then he's, like, chasing down one of the kids, and he kills the other kid. And they're like, oh, like, uh, it's, I, it sucks, I hate that I had to do this, but once I get them all, then Freddy will be gone. And then that kid will, like, sit up, like, are you sure about that? 
and then they'll <laughs> rip their own face off and it'll be Freddy's underneath. Yeah. And the adult will freak out and Freddy will be like, uh, he's got to say something about like, uh, I don't need a sidekick. Stop doing, stop telling me how to do my job. I don't need any sidekick. <laughs> and then the person will like, they'll like hold up their knife, but they'll see like their hand is turned to Freddy's hand and then Freddy's hand will just like gouge them through the face. Yeah. And then uh, they can also be like a jump scare with like, the kids are freaking out, wondering if the adult is still after them, and then, like, their body falls from the rafters or something. Yep. <laughs> like, ah, I mean, I guess that solves one problem. Thanks, Freddy! <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could even have, like, your welcome carved into the person's chest. Yes! <laughs> You're fucking welcome. Ungrateful shits. I kill, and I slaughter, and I do all this hard work for you! <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no, actually, what if someone, like, tries to appeal to Freddy's humanity? Oh, like, no. they dig up enough, and they're like, Freddy, I understand, you were, like, you're, you were born in squalor, your mo mother was horribly abused, you're, like, you don't know who your father was because of a weird fucking scene in one of the movies? Okay. Um, and, like, the records don't even know if you were, like, unjustly killed or not like you're just a victim of vigilante justice and for like oh you've warmed my cold dead heart <laughs> like you, you you can stop this we can we can find a way to save you you can finally move on and be at peace like <laughs> what's what's your unfinished business oh kid the only thing i ever wanted in life is to get rid of you miserable brats that's that's a, that's a killing noise. <laughs> yeah. As I make cat, make cat claws. Use that person like a a scratch scratching post. Cat boy Freddy Krueger. <laughs> oh god! Just stick some ears on him and have him go yeah. Oh whoa. <laughs> That's that's how that's how our, our equality gay kill gets got. They're dreaming about cat boys on the moon. <laughs> oh my god. Um what else there? The, beyond the hollow deck, there could also be just like high-tech video games. And that could be another thing they're trying to do to stay awake. Yeah. Yeah, just some weird VR headset stuff. Someone's got to get ele electrocuted. Yeah, I mean, they're on a spaceship. Electrocution is, like, the easiest way. Yeah. That's probably, like, the first kill after the first girl gets got. I feel like that would be a mid-film one, because that's the point where they're, like, they're trying to stay awake. I think it would go because it's first girl. Mm -hmm. Then yeah. it would be holodeck. Then yeah. it would be the victim of the adult. Yeah. And then, like, there's, like, a, a free space, basically, for everyone. Yeah. And then near the end, it'd be Stoner, the person who tries to appeal to his humanity. Yeah. And then the person who sacrifices themselves. And then there'd yeah. be, like, two or three people left, I think. You know, it might be nice if, like, the, of the three people left, it's, like, a remaining queer person, the Esper girl. Like, it could be, like, the Esper girl was the one who was going to sacrifice herself. Um, yeah. But instead was, like, the, for, the first girl's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And then Esper's love interest can also be one of the survivors. Yeah. 
of the group. Like, he didn't slaughter the thousand people who were still awake. It's just the teens who know about him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and as for, like, stoner guy, because he gets killed during a trip, his death has to be really weird. <laughs> yes. Like, they have, they have to come across him just, like, glowing every color and, like... Do you, did you ever see the movie Mystery Men? I don't think so. No. Okay. Basically, near the... Spoilers for Mystery Men. There's a scene, like, in the final act where Greg Kinnear's character, who's a shitty superhero, um, he's, like, a Metro Man from Megamind, but if okay. he was just as self-absorbed as he seemed... Yeah. Um, he's strapped to a torture device, and the Mystery Men try to free him, and instead they just, like, scramble his whole body. Oh. So we gotta see that happen to Stoner Kid as he's tripping, because everything that's happening in his trip is happening to him in real life. And when they like they finally wake him up, it just like he he literally just falls to sludge. Damn, that sounds like it came out of Hellraiser. <laughs> and Warhammer. Hey, Hellraiser went to space too. That is true. Seems like a lot of these horror franchises, the next logical step is space. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised, like I mean, I guess, I'm not going to say Wes Craven was too good to go to space. <laughs> Probably it's more likely that Wes Craven couldn't think of a good idea to go to space. Mm -hmm. Did Wes Craven ever go to space? Hang on, I gotta check. What, Wes. Wes? Mr. Craven, sir? Have you ever been to space? Uh, filmography. I did the Blessing Swamp Thing. Oh, we made a Swamp Thing movie. Uh, too. Deadly Friend is... Oh, Deadly Friend is a sci-fi horror, but I think follows a teenage computer prodigy who implants a robot's processor into the brain of his teenage neighbor after she's pronounced brain dead. Okay, so it's sci-fi, but he didn't go to space. Yeah. Um, people Under the Stairs, Vampire in Brooklyn, The Screams, Music of the Heart. Yeah, that one's weird. <laughs> Starring Meryl Streep. <laughs> oh, he did Red Eye. I didn't know he did Red Eye. Huh. But no, Wes Craven has never been to space. Huh. Yeah, Music of the Heart is a biographical musical drama film uh, directed by Wes Craven, written by Pamela Gray, based off the 1995 documentary Small Wonders, which is a dramatization of Roberta Gaspari, who is an American violinist and music educator. And Meryl Streep learned violin to play it. Cool. And she learned guitar for Ricky in the Flash. Meryl Streep is like, I'm going to play an instrument. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, guitar is actually one of the easier instruments to learn. Violin, though, that's impressive. Anyways. Yeah. Um, there's, I think there's two more, like, obvious kills that need to happen in the yeah. middle. That, like, obvious for the setting, which is airlock and something to do with anti-gravity. Yes. And I think the airlock kill could actually be, like, they're running from Freddy in the dream, and they open the door that they think is, like, the door to their room, but it is the door to the airlock. Yeah. And the people find out that they're dead because they look outside and they see just the frozen corpse. Yeah. And then anti-gravity. Okay, so a generational ship is probably big enough that it can generate some gravity if it's spinning. Um, but there might be some sort of control mechanism in there. I, I don't know exactly. You know, how. it could be that like in the when they start dreaming, like at the beginning of their dream, it's, oh no, something's happened to the gravity. And they think that yeah. it's a scheme by Freddy, but no, it's just a dream by Freddy. Yeah. Dreams by Freddy Krueger, the new fragments. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, they go down into the core, or they go near the core of the ship and 
yeah, weird anti-gravity radiation stuff. They have to deal with the ship's AI. Yeah. Oh, that could, that could be another Space Odyssey thing. Whereas, like, it, the, like, the ship's AI is very just, like, normal, generic. It's a glorified Siri. Um, yeah. But in the dream, like, the, the person who goes down in there, they're, like, engineering kid who knows how the ship works. But so they go out into, like, the ship's guts... And they're like, uh, the, uh, computer, reactivate the, the gravity core. I'm afraid I can't do that, Dave. No, <laughs> you have to. The, the gravity is falling and the sh- ship integrity could be, uh, go, be next. Like, I'm afraid I can't do that, Dave. I'm ordering you by command, like, bup, bup, da, alpha, beta, vector. I said I can't fucking do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we totally have to get the HAL 9000 voice. Ex- oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, Dave. <laughs> yeah, just and then yeah, do the full shift from Hell 9000 to Freddy. Yeah. And then we have the big psychic battle in the separate chamber. It's it'd be the the psychic battle to keep basically constrain Freddy to boyfriend's head so that boyfriend can plug himself into the escape pod matrix without Freddy realizing what's going yeah. on. Yeah. And they shoot off into space. I don't know. The remaining kids get another year before they go back into cryogenic sleep. Um, no, they're they're going to want to go into the, the suspended animation right now. They're, they're done. They have been okay. awake for four days straight. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. They because are otherwise they died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, they have to like they have to stay up for like a few more days because like, of course, like the next cycle wakes up and everyone's like, Yo, what the fuck happened? Let us explain. <clears throat> this is at least ten more corpses than we were expecting. <laughs> but they can't explain, because then Freddy could come back. Yeah. The, well, they'd, they'd be able to blame it all on the, the one adult. They're like, yeah, yeah. he kind of lost it. But how did, mm-hmm. how did he get, like, five stab wounds through the face? He felt real guilty. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, um, oh, how Sebastian Moran went out in elementary, just started banging his head against something. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Spoilers for elementary. The first season. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that's, oh yeah, and then the the stinger, the escape pod lands in, I don't know, what would be a fun year for Freddy to ruin? (laughs) (sighs) Summer of Love's too obvious. What if it was like the 50s but it was one of those areas where the cia was doing mind control experiments no what oh shit what if what if the escape pod lands in roswell (gasps) yes (laughs) freddy is aliens (laughs) i love it 1940s arizona ranchers and army air force officers have no idea what's coming Oh, they they find it empty, and then like the the one of the ranch hands goes out for, because of the cow mutilation. <laughs> but the cow mutilation has like clearly been done by Freddy. Yeah, but yeah, dedicated to Wes Craven. <laughs> yeah. Th- thanks, dude. <laughs> Honestly, one of the better slasher series out there. So yeah, I mean that and Scream conveniently also Wes Craven. I really got to watch the rest of those. Hmm. Well, I'll support you. I generally stick to horror that was made prior to 1965, so yeah. You know what? After I watch the first screen, I'll tell scream. I'll tell you if it's like 
too much for you. You might be able to handle some of them just because they're like, they are horror. I mean, they're, they're, it's the meta comedy, but they are horror comedies. Yeah. There's a reason it was so easy for Scary Movie to be made out of screen, and it's because most of the work was already done for them. Yes. Anyways, after all that, I think I'm just gonna have a dream about a friendship promo. Hello, and welcome to St. Fleur, where the city is modern, the fantasy is urban, and the faction politics are at an all-time high. Join us in Shadows of St. Fleur as we follow the wizard, Alistair Lockwood. Regret to inform you, I'm... Not a wizard, I am a master of the arcane arts. The scholar, Jeremiah Roderick Crawford. I'm an earl, you know, and you're a baron. Those words carry some weight. The wolf, Victor Margaret. Victor stands on the bridge in the cold. Fuck. The fae who is known only as Silk. Um, do we know if this was a, you know, was a standard mugging? And the vamp, Alex Juro. Quite because the first time the door opens, I'm going to push her out. Through their experience in the city, Shadows of St. Fleur is an Urban Shadows actual play podcast with a majority LGBTQ plus cast playing characters finding their way through faction politics, all in pursuit of their own individual goals. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm awake, and I didn't die. Yay. Or am I still dreaming? Uh, don't do this to me, Tanner. <laughs> Um, okay. Instead, I'll just ask you where you can be found on the internet. I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476. It's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for not a fire boot you first, and they're pronounced, Welcome to Prime Time, bitch! You can also email us at notafavoriteyoufirst at gmail.com where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your favorite slasher film kill. And that's also where you can send us a friendship promo, be it an audio clip or a proof for us to read. Either way, we'll put in a free ad for your podcast or YouTube or your cover of the song Dream Warriors! Not if I reboot you first as a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can talk more about this show or others on the network via our Corner Podcast Discord. Our cover, as always, is by Alex, and her work can be found on ptchew.com, and our theme music is by Sean Clake, whose contact info is available upon request. This podcast is recorded on Treaty 4 territory, the traditional lands of the Cree, Sultul, and Assiniboine, and homeland of the Métis. Oh, uh, Lindsay. Tanner. If I remember correctly, I believe you won the most recent People's Choice poll. Yes, I did. Do you remember what thing you had on there one, though? Because I don't. Um, I remember correctly. I might be adapting a book series about steampunk. Uh. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay forgot words! <laughs> it's books! Uh, steampunk urban fantasy there in London a lot of werewolves of London Awu? <laughs> not quite that one but oh god do I like that Warren Zavon song yes yes indeed it is parasol protectorate so yeah a bunch of really manly men, men werewolves in London <laughs> was their hair perfect? yes Awesome. We will open that up next week, but not if we reboot you first. Bye. Bye. <laughs>